Hello everyone! Hello! I'm Tony. And I'm Tony. And we are the, the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading with their never-ending TV R piles. And today we were doing sort of book talk, booktube hot takes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the general didn't theme. Warn you about. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to have prep time. Yeah, it didn't happen. It's fine. Life happened. Uh, and now I'm improvising my answers. <laughs> but I feel like we're probably going to have fairly similar opinions. So what I'm going to do is maybe, where it's not, like, where it's not, like, obviously an arsehole, I might do a bit of devil's advocate in. Well, I tried to pick things that are grey. Okay. I tried to pick things that I could probably argue both ways. Okay. I didn't pick anything that was, like, morally reprehensible. Is audiobook reading. I yeah. I didn't go for obvious things. Okay. I went for things that I thought might have a conversation. All right. So let's see. Okay, because that's my my thought was that we'd have quite similar opinions, mm. and that I can maybe do a bit of devil ad, devil's advocate. Yeah, where... I thought both sides as well, just okay. in case. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. We have right. the same thought process. Yay! This is why this works. <laughs> right. Okay. So the first one, mm-hmm. which I've already hinted at you, some things I've tagged you in on TikTok, separating the art from the artist. Oh. And we've been. Sp- Specifically, do J.K. Rowling because she she must not be because obviously the new game has come Mm -hmm. out, so it's kind of revived this conversation. Do you want me to tell you what I was thinking first? Mm, I had a debate with someone about this recently, so yeah. But you go. Okay, so because I've looked up various opinions on it, because obviously I have my opinion, Mm -hmm. but actually I've noticed that uh, I think my opinion, even from when we did a Harry Potter mm. episode, has probably changed a bit. And I think that's the best thing about this kind of stuff because I, I do think mm. like there's no, there's often no right. It's new Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that my opinion on whether she herself is a good person mm-hmm. is going to change unless no. she drastically changes as a yeah. person. I'm not saying that, but I'm suddenly thinking, yeah. oh, I don't mind that she's a Or advocating yeah. for what she's saying, or no. Yeah. But I think, like, so we're going to specifically do about the game, because mm-hmm. that's what's come out. So I've looked yeah. up a few different people's opinions on it. I didn't look up any people that were anti-trans, because I don't want to hear their opinion. I looked up it's some not people, relevant to the discussion. Yeah. I looked up some people that have no opinion either way, mm-hmm. and have been... I looked up reviews of the Harry Potter game from people who don't have Harry Potter nostalgia, like never yeah. read the books or something like this kind of stuff. Because obviously, you did some proper research. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I to- and I will tell you why mm. I've done the research. I have been internally debating with myself because mm-hmm. the I game the same one. looks good. Yep, it looks like the game I wanted when I used looks to like play the Harry Potter game. Love letter to the fans. Yeah. It has all of the new open world stuff. Mm-hmm. It has all of the stuff in it that I wanted from Harry Potter games. I am fully aware that for me, wanting to play the game is for nostalgia. Uh-huh. And according to reviews of people who have never um, had anything to do with Harry Potter before, the game itself is a good game. Okay. So I've had internal debates with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I mean. I don't think it's very... It's not black and white or no. maybe i'm saying it's not black and white because i want to excuse myself for considering no, it but 
I think even if we just separate this discussion from J.K. Rowling, there's this thing now of, like, if you've got an author who's and it said one thing controversially in a panel that they shouldn't have said as a bit silly, and it's suddenly like, well, if you if you read her their books, you know, you're demon, especially on TikTok, you're mm. demonized and cancelled. And it's it's like I'm I'm like I don't know if this is we've gone. Not this is again not with J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling deserves to be held yeah, accountable yeah. for what she's saying online. But I don't know if we've gone too far the other way in some respects. And that actually comes into a couple more I have mm-hmm. coming up other takes. But yeah. So, because I've always been a firm believer of, especially when people try to cancel people, I cancel loosely because cancelling people isn't a real thing, as mm-hmm. we know, that's like made up by right wings. You know, people can get in trouble for stuff they tweeted 20 years ago or whatever. And I'm a firm I mean, believer. Back then, of, it wasn't offensive. Yeah, and or... you as a person can change your views. You've been since educated. Yeah. As if you were educated and then still using it in the modern world, you That's deserve to be held accountable. Yeah. But if 20 years ago it was a very acceptable thing to say, and since being educated, you never said it again. Yeah. And you. And I can. And if it was that long ago, and you have since, as a person, proven that that's not mm. actually how you think, I can take or leave an apology mm-hmm. as well. Like, because if your actions show that you don't think that way anymore, yeah. or never thought that way, but just were trying to be edgy yeah. or whatever, I don't care. But, you know, if you want to do an apology and be like, yeah, I'm not that person anymore, or I'm, mm. you know, I said something that at the time I thought was funny or whatever, I'm I'm of the opinion that I would usually be like, doesn't matter, yeah, forgiven. Like, yeah. What you do now is Especially more important. Especially people about our age who I, we were posting stuff on the internet from the age of about... 10 mm-hmm. yeah we literally back grew up when, on the internet back when we weren't as educated about about what you see on the internet is there forever mm-hmm. we were not we we're not taught that it was just like oh it's my space yeah silly thing i mean on and facebook, then it's like, facebook you had your conversations on each other's walls yeah it wasn't private no you just you just post a story about whatever you were thinking at that moment yeah. i think i think our first First time we went out for um, drinks together, yeah. it's because I posted a status saying, anybody free, yeah. I are feeling too wired from work today. And you were like, yeah, I am. Message me. And then that was how <laughs> so we hung we, out. This is, we just discussed, we've now been friends like 10 years. Yeah. And like, yeah, none of them separate from the friend who was our connecting friend. Mm. And it was because of because I did a Facebook status yeah. whinging. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. So I just, I genuinely live in fear, especially as I used to also post writing mm-hmm. online. And I did try and find it or delete it all, but some of it I don't even have that email address or the password anymore. Yeah. And it just, ex- I know this stuff exists out there and it genuinely gives me the fear. Like, Not that I'm ever going to be famous. Mm. But I'm just like, there'll be something that I was trying to explore as a teenager in terms of what I'm thinking about something, that I'll have wrote some kind of story, they'll then get brought up to be like, (laughs) she believes this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Or some status that was some lyrics from a song that no one knows about anymore. You know, it's just something silly. Like some stupid kid stuff. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I I have been around 18 years and Gen Z and when they're using their their social media and i remember when i was traveling especially being baffled about how much more cognizant they were about what they were putting online than i was Mm. like how carefully they thought about everything yeah Yeah. and i was like oh (laughs) we grew up in a very different generation of the internet Mm -hmm. like so bringing this back around back to the sorry no 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 sorry because that was a good it's kind of relevant yeah so bringing this background to specifically J.K. Rowling, 
she's been paid for that game regardless. Yeah. You boycotted it doesn't affect her bottom line in terms of this no. game. What it can do is it can affect the people that have been involved in it in terms of like developers, mm. art directors, programmers who then may not have the chance to work on a second game if this doesn't have good sales. So you'd actually be hurting them. Or hurt, hurt by to, association yeah. to something that's considered like, you know, advocating the turf. Yeah. So I can understand some people's arguments that are like, well, if I buy this game, it doesn't affect her anyway because she's already been mm. paid. And I've I've had this argument with myself before to yeah. justify buying, I wanted the Mina Lima one back before mm. I really kind of did cut ties with her. And I was like, if I buy it from Costco, it doesn't matter because they kind of buy it in bulk yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I justified it to myself. But just just in general, separating art from the artist, there's this whole argument called the death of, death of the author. Yeah. So the moment that book is out there, it is a separate thing. The author dies mm. at that point. Quote marks. Yeah, because I look... I no, look I'm not advocating. I'm not saying, like, kill J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I'm saying as in, metaphorically, the author is dead at that point. So whatever they're tweeting... Whatever they're saying in panels, discussions of like, well, actually, you know, uh, you know, this this was the undertone I wanted there, or like that. No, work dies at that point, and is now it's now in the property of the fans. Yeah, and th- there's that whole argument as well. But I've also, when I was looking into this, I looked up. Um, I came across someone who actually said that our, that definition of the death of the author is actually wrong. Oh, okay. But this is just one person's opinion, and I liked their opinion. They said the death of the author should literally be when the author dies and they can no longer do harm. Mm. So you're talking about, like, Lovecraft, who you can't read his work without it being extremely racist, because he was as a person. Mm -hmm. However, he cannot do harm anymore. Yeah. So so that was just what she was saying. She believes death of the author should actually be... I mean, because it's someone that can't harm anymore. So, like, can you imagine if those people had Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Just because I mean, their he, letters were private correspondence. He literally named his cat an extremely racist word. It's just so, and you can say it's separated from the artist, but they are inherently written into it. Mm-hmm. Like now, obviously, now that people have brought it to my attention, me as an eleven-year-old, I couldn't understand the nuance of Harry Potter. But now, if I reread it, I can see, like, the kind of anti-Semitism written into it and all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I would never have picked up as a child. The, even sort of the feminist elements of the book, which I used to be used to really like, crow about. Champion, yeah. Because it's still, all her women do end up mar- off married and pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know... And all, the ones that don't are bad, they're evil. All the ones, yeah, all the ones who are good are married women in straight relationships mm-hmm. and all the ones that are bad are the ones who have no kids and are horrible to children yeah and and like obviously molly Weezy was supposed to be this whole thing of this motherly feminine strength mm-hmm. but she still has that badass moment at the end where there's the big fight and she says not my daughter you bitch like yeah. that's meant to be like that motherly like aggressively motherly love and mm-hmm. the power of that and again it's a very 90s feminism stance but she didn't write these in the 90s yeah and as a person, she is the icon of 90s feminism. Yeah. Which is why it's trans-exclusionary. Yeah. Because it is a very narrow, narrow definition of womanhood. Yeah, and it's also very only caring about white women mm-hmm. who already have more privilege than other women. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you... Yeah. Were... <sighs> and I mean, yeah. this one, I mean, there's no right or wrong. 
So yeah. in terms of this game, I've seen arguments either way. I've seen people say, if you really care, you shouldn't buy the game, but then the money that you would have spent on the game, you should donate to a charity yeah. for trans children or whatever. There's been streamers that all the money they have earned from streaming the game are donating it to trans charities. Yeah. So, yes, they have bought the game. Yes, they're bringing attention to the game, but they're also donating more money to trans charities than they would have otherwise Mm -hmm. and brought awareness to those charities. I definitely went through, like, this mourning period of, like, where Harry Potter lost what it meant to me because of her. Yeah. Because of her behaviour. Because then I'm like, oh, I can't love this anymore. Yeah. Like, I used to reread them, like, every couple years. And yeah, I haven't read, I used to reread them every year. I haven't read them in, like, probably years, f- maybe. longer. Probably, uh, probably five like years or more mm. for me. And, like, I straight up have a Deathly Hallows tattoo. You guys can't see me. I do have a Deathly Hallows tattoo, but it's because her books is what made me want to be a writer when I was a kid. And, like, there was a whole documentary, I think I've talked about this before, where she goes into the home, where she was depressed, and her book got rejected 17 times while she was living there, and in her old bedroom is all books. I know now that was set up. Yeah. Obviously, that was staged. She walks into her old bedroom, on the bookshelf is all her books, pristine, lined up. Like, that was staged. But at that time, that moment was, like, goosebumps of, like, oh, my God, that could be me! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the whole narrative of her as well is very um, twisted, because... Yes, she had it rejected so many times, but she was also from a privileged family. She could mm-hmm. afford to not work to write her books. Um, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this kind of... She wasn't a struggling mum like they make out. Yeah, this yeah, struggling single mum living on the breadline. Yeah. With a lot of handouts from her parents. Yeah, like, and, like <laughs> taking that time to write and yeah. not work. And, yeah. That's a very privileged position. Because if you were a single mum and you weren't able to feed your kids, you would choose to work, wouldn't you, rather than instead of writing a book yeah yeah <laughs> but then on the other hand i don't know how many hands are on now um <laughs> it's also the fact that the fantastic beast franchise was meant to be five films and has been cancelled after three because of how low mm. like how little money they're bringing in and so that does prove that boycotting to a certain extent does help but you but don't also know whether that was progressively shitter as stories mm. <laughs> yeah, so they were screenwritten by J.K. Rowling, who is not a screenwriter, mm-hmm. so it was terrible. They lost uh, Johnny Depp, so there was loads of like controversy mm-hmm. about that. Um, it wasn't about Fantastic Beasts, it was about a relationship that wasn't a relationship, but it's only a relationship because off-page. Disney could still can't them. openly say yeah. that Dumbledore is gay. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I think I tagged you in this video where yeah. someone was saying about, well... You know, you can't get angry at people that want to buy the game if you're not actually getting angry. You're not going to, like, the Warner mm. Studio, no, the Harry Potter tour and getting angry at people there. Or, or yeah, if there's so many... There's no right or wrong, I don't think. No, I don't know what the right answer is. No. And I don't think you should be vilified one way or the other. No. Unless the... you're saying, I support this because of her, because of her views. Yes. And then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, if you are saying I agree with her views, and therefore I'm going to spend more money on her, you are wrong, and I will tell you why you're wrong. It's because you would be actively fighting against taking away people's human rights. So you are wrong, regardless. Like you just, yeah. that's not an opinion. That is, yeah, taking away. What are you, the conservative government? You can't take away mm. people's human rights to do with their own bodies what they will. Yeah, and it is undeniable that 
celebrities such as J.K. Rowling is the reason why there's been a rise in transphobia in the mm-hmm. in the UK. The Conservative government are currently going after them again to take away even more rights. A child was recently murdered as a hate crime because she was mm-hmm. trans. Like the damage she has done is still there in society because i don't because obviously i monitor twitter for my work mm. and the number of times the hashtag jk rolling is trending in, and it says trending in the uk and then i click on it and i'm hoping it's because like something's happened is in the a call out yeah but no it's people she's done some interview somewhere and it's somehow been trending and every single comment is vile yeah like, most of them are in support of her it's the same with like Trump, you know, if you give people permission to vocalise these things, they will. Mm-hmm. But that's, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from repercussions. Yeah, and I think because she is such a well-known person, or, uh, she is a well-known person, she was a well-loved person at one point, and obviously her series of Harry Potter made a big mm-hmm. impact it for lots of people. It saved the publishing industry. Yeah. Really? Um, Until book, but till, she is the biggest event besides book talk mm. to save the publishing industry. Yeah. Especially children's books. But, so, when she is vocal about these kind of views, it gives other people permission to be vocal about mm-hmm. them. And it but I don't know if playing like some silly game, but does that mean you're in support of that? No, I don't know. No. Like, if I were to buy the game and play it, I still support trans rights. But would someone who falls under the trans umbrella feel that I wasn't because they saw me playing that game and they I would be like, worry about that with my tattoo yeah. and they'd be like you I saw I saw something on Instagram today like a graphic and it said you're um no trans trans people are more important than a made up wizard or something like that and I was like if you know I if I was if I was under the I mean technically I fall under the not trans umbrella but I'm under like the queer umbrella with trans mm. people but I'm not trans, I'm not MB, I'm not you don't anything. Know what that's like. Would if I was, would I find it offensive that someone was playing a game even though they supported perhaps like, you know, they gave money to trans charities, they um were vocal about it, mm. they they tried to educate people that they met in public, but does that all get cancelled out? Like, um, why are we like Again, I'm the, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this. It's just yeah. like a devil advocate kind yeah, of right, opinions. Yeah, I'm just talking. <laughs> like, why are we putting placing so much morality on what is a fucking game where you're a wizard? Yeah. Like, if why is that a discussion of morality? If it didn't have the Harry Potter name attached to it, this conversation wouldn't be happening. Like, why am I a better or worse person for wanting to play a game? Like, yeah. again, devil's advocate kind of thing. Yeah. Because so I, just... I I fear I fear as well that like there can be books that I love now and openly talk about online that I don't know say the podcast takes off and in ten years time like in the imaginary future where we're famous. <laughs> I mean, could that be like oh she's actually she said she really likes Sarah J Mass and then Sarah I was going to say Sarah J Mass tweeted this five years later a hundred percent because we have spoken about Sarah J Mass yeah. we do try to mention obviously some issues with her. Um, but because we've spoken about that, a hundred percent, that is going to be a reason that some people have decided our podcast yeah. is not for them. Yeah, I just—that's why I pick these topics. Mm. I try to pick ones that we can have a discussion on that don't have a right or wrong. Like I don't think there's a right or wrong. I'm no. going to feel like I'm going to feel FOMO for missing out on a game that looks mm. really fun and technically is supposed to be great. Uh, but would I feel guilty if I got in and 
played it and the whole time I might feel a bit guilty. And I can't even keep it a secret because it well, would be given... up on my PlayStation store. If it was like, if it was like given to you free, <laughs> yeah. then you didn't spend the money. <laughs> but like, you know, my Harry Potter books, I used to have them proudly displayed. Then I moved to the top of the shelf. Then I've moved to my bedroom yeah, bookshelf. Yeah, mine aren't even on. And now they're at the top mine of my bedroom the loft. bookshelf. Yeah, like you can't see them. But I, I know they're there. I used to have them. And then remember I used to have the Harry Potter jewellery I have dangling, yeah. like displayed. Yeah. And like I've got one. Which mm. I love, and they're ha- and they're displayed in my room and in my living room. And my partner bought me a fancy display to put them on mm. when we first got together. And they sometimes, have sentimental. Sometimes stuff. I'm mad at J.K. Rowling I'm for taking this this thing her. that I loved yeah. and making it something that I can't love or I'm not supposed to love or is tainted. <coughs> She's tainted it. She's tainted it. I don't know how She's I tainted put it. all my memories of it. Yeah. She's tainted like. Yeah. Because then you can't help when you sort of reflect on Harry Potter, you can't help finding other things wrong. <laughs> you know, there are other things besides. I mean, the, uh, you could argue that her opinions on trans people aren't written into the book. Besides the feminism aspects, wouldn't um, wouldn't Tonks be trans? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing yeah. out there because she can transform her body. So technically, she could have any body. Is she wanted. standing? Is and tra- that is a very and she ne- has a very gender neutral name. And she has a very uh, depressing ending. I don't know. It's really complicated. I genuinely, I've I've debated this with someone recently, and I couldn't find. There was no. There's no. I don't think there's any clear cut answer. I mean, I do feel that the books, looking back on them. Obviously, they were a big deal for people, especially in the queer community, because it felt like a, an acceptance. Mm-hmm. It was like a comfort place. They, it was about acceptance. Yes. However, when you look back at it, there are no uh, queer characters. There's not, not named really any, that way yeah. anyway. There's not really many queer coded characters mm-hmm. outside of fan fiction. But, and then you, but also you've got to frame it, it was written in the 90s. Yes. And it was incredibly progressive for the 90s in yeah. some respects. In a lot it wasn't, I'm not mm. saying that, but in some respects it was. Having a female heroine character, even if she was paired with two male yeah. heroes, and she gets married off and has babies at the end, just the fact that the main character was, like, you had Hermione, who's a smart girl, a bossy girl, and having her as a main character was a big deal in the 90s. Yeah. And having a lot of her female heroines, even though they end up being women who are married and babies, you know, having, yeah, a mother be a heroine in this story. How Harry's mother, who's, you know, also a... What's the woman in the fridge thing? Uh, the, yeah, I think it's the woman in the... Yeah, but who's yeah. literally like the driving force behind the entire plot between by why Harry who is who he is? Yeah, yeah. So the woman that gets uh, killed off, yeah, to progress the male character, or progress the storyline. But she is the the hero in some respects in the end, and like yeah, because it's sacrifice, is sacrificial love that has how Harry saves everyone. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. No, don't know. And the only like the only place where she apparently tried is something that she mentioned not on page at any point about Dumbledore being gay. And yes, then she... she wrote the screenplays for Fantastic Beasts, all Dumbledore in it, and he's not. So mm-hmm. where do your loyalty? There's an lie? interview of her with um, Daniel Radcliffe where she's mm-hmm. saying that he's 
getting in, in her head she was always gay. It doesn't need to be mentioned. Which I can understand. But then... She would not have got published in the 90s if she had yeah. mentioned it. But then but when you come to, like, writing a new series based on him and the person he's in supposedly the in love... Yeah. Where is it? It's all right There's saying, no oh, right I published right. in the 90s and I couldn't have had an openly gay character, but I tried to write it in yeah. and have representation as much as I could. You could couch it in that, yeah. but then to go and write something new in the modern era and then ignore it yeah. after having given interview after interview after interview where you're saying, yeah, yeah, he's coded that way. Yeah, 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 yeah I always meant it that way. Oh, yeah, the, the Hollywood foreign press made such a big deal about it, but he always was. I don't say Dumbledore is still Dumbledore. And then to write something new... Mm-hmm. When she didn't even have to do Dumbledore and Grindelwald's story because no. it's supposed to be Fantastic Beasts for fuck's sake. It's supposed <laughs> to just be new yeah. finding good animals. Yeah. <laughs> That's another reason why all the books failed. The, the films failed. Well, no one wanted like a political <laughs> breakdown of. You shouldn't have called it Fantastic Beasts. You should have just called it The Wisdom World. But you called it Fantastic Beasts, so it should have just been Cool Beasts. Yeah. I'm just getting angry. Or Newt's story. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have happily done Newt Scamander's life story. Bam done. Yeah. <laughs> With like a little like, oh, news article about this in the background. Yeah. Like, it would have been cool if each <laughs> film was him just going to a different country in the world to try and find those beasts. And perhaps you hear people discussing in mm. the pub, like, oh, have you heard Grindelwald's done this again? And he's just like... Or you could even, like, the beasts, the animals could be used metaphorically yeah. in the politic politics of the time. So... Oh, we are right. We're probably done. We've done nearly <laughs> done. <laughs> now. I don't think the rest will take as long. Um, but I think this is yeah. It's a big topic in the if you're in this sphere of the world. So this one's kind of mm. similar, but not really. <laughs> no. So this is like the the question I wrote down is using real life experiences as inspiration in the books, right or wrong. Let me mm. give you okay. where this came from. So I've mentioned before the book. The House in the Cerulean Sea mm-hmm. by T. J. Hughes. I think that's what it's called. Might be wrong. I can't bother to look them up. <clears throat> T. J. Clean. I've mentioned before that I really loved that book, mm-hmm. and then afterwards there was some talk about him, and I said that um, he was getting like not cancelled because again, cancelling is a real thing. He was getting pretend cancelled um, because of something, and I said to you that the people who the group of people who should be offended i haven't heard anyone from that group talk mm. about it and that was all i've mentioned to you i don't think yeah. i went into details about what it was so in an interview after the house in the cerulean sea came out he said that he got the inspiration for it from the residential schools in um canada mm-hmm. that have obviously recently been or at the time of that book had recently been in the news because a lot, because of, a lot of the mass graves were being discovered yeah. yeah okay so the residential schools are where they used to send Indigenous peoples from Canada basically train them out of it, and train them to be white, basically. Mm -hmm. But to the 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 quote was beat the Indian out of them. Yeah, so was the the aim of the school that they they didn't know by the time they left this school, even if they tried to go back to their their tribe or their family or Mm. whatever, they couldn't even speak the same language anymore. They They were do that in of the Green Gables. Yes. So one of the latest series that gets explored. Yeah. Because yeah. Anne makes friends with an indigenous girl that gets mentioned. sent away. Um, so a lot of people were angry saying that he shouldn't be using that as an, as inspiration for his book. 
But I is, seen... is it to explore the themes of it? Because that gets again, like we talked about Red Rising, which was all about eugenics and slavery. That was last week's episode. Yeah, um, that was re- a recent read. That is using real world things that people really did. Yeah, and taking them and putting them in a dystopian. They're on Mars, mm-hmm. but it is taking real world political things that were done and have been done. Yeah, to justify brutal acts. Is it because it's... and it's it's a way of holding up. A, I I think it's a very good way of holding up a mirror against society in my but I'm not of these groups yeah like is it because is everyone more offended because it's a recent mm. thing you know it's like oh, it's, it's a recent hopping, hurt. hopping on the trend to make money well I which is not why I'm saying this author did yeah no yeah I know you're but not but it could but be like, accused there's people that are alive now that actually have experience mm-hmm. from these residential schools because they only finished in like the 90s or something yeah. in Canada so is it that it's too raw to be saying that's an inspiration for your cosy fantasy book is that like is that where people were so angry like if it had happened if he was mm. writing about something that happened 40 50 years ago would people be a bit more accepting that he'd use that as inspiration do you see what i mean like why why did this one particularly make people angry when there's loads of stuff that i mean even harry potter for instance it's it's clearly got like Nazi. Well, she she openly said because she actually worked for a refugee charity. Mm. So she deliberately makes Voldemort a tyrant. Yeah, and and that's that quote from Dumbledore where he's like, he fears what all tyrants fear. That is also the reason in the books, not the film, in the books, when he dies, he has a human body. All he is is a human. That he's yeah. human at the end of the day, and they also treat his body respectfully, unlike what he treat how he treats Harry's yeah. body. But the whole point is that he, he, all tyrants can die. That's the yeah. point. All tyrants are human. That was meant to be the point of it. So that, but those themes are heavily based on. I mean, if she was in the nineties, that would have been to do with what was going on in Serbia, yeah. in Bosnia, in yeah. all those countries. You know. Yeah. Um. Croatia, that whole. Mm. So, I, I don't know. As I said when I briefly mentioned this in a wrap up ages ago, mm. I'm not an indigenous person. Yeah, I can't comment on this. I'm trying to get my head around it so that I can understand. I where I understand where other people come in. I I have not heard any indigenous mm. people speak on this, so as I said, I don't know. Like, if he had said it was inspired by that and he's going to uh, make a donation to a charity, but why does would that, that make it okay? Him, I, don't I don't know. Don't... Yeah, like, why? When... I just think there's a lot of authors that use inspiration in real-life events, so why was this one a particular thing that made people angry? That's what I want to understand. Because I think people were... Because this is, this is a, a recent, like you said, yeah. but also this... Is I'm trying to think of my thoughts. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're like all good things to try and think about, but this is something that people in Canadian people and American people where these things also happened, and then also this is British colonies. This is a mm-hmm. source of shame. Yeah, this is something we we well, I'm using the royal we here, mm-hmm. a collective we are ashamed of. This is a sin. 
that is not resolved, never been apologised for. This is a sin by the church that has never been apologised for. And so that's why we're so, I think people were so quick to be screaming into the wind because it's to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not this though. Separate me, separate me from my ancestors who were really just 50 years ago, the generation before me. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I might be a Christian, but I think this is disgraceful. And I'm going to dox some guy online who wrote a book that is examining these things in not, not in a disrespectful way. I haven't read the book, obviously. Maybe, maybe it's you... it's 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 responding to that emotive thing of like I feel some shame about this. Yeah, like maybe you could say that. Maybe some people could say he claim he's trivialised it because he turns it into he he has said it's his inspiration for a cute little cozy romance. But I don't know. I as I said, I don't quite. I understand. Mm. But I don't understand that at the same time. Yeah. Like I, what I just want to know why that author and that book in particular had so much hatred, and maybe it's just the accumulation of like the perfect storm of it had recently happened, and the book country talk, of book talk moves so fast. Yeah, the country of Africa has um, the country of, the country of Canada still has not paid reparations to these communities that mm-hmm. were destroyed by these schools and stuff i'm not saying canada's the only one obviously there's a lot of countries that need but we're discussing canada in particular yeah. at the moment um yeah i don't can know you be inspired by events surely yes because otherwise if you don't if if you don't remember history you're doomed to repeat it yeah and perhaps by bringing it into fictional stories and films and art etc it helps it helps keep it in people's minds it mm. helps make it more palatable for people makes it easier for people to understand i i, I don't know but surely everything's inspired by something it's i don't just... know i like because fantasies will take often take quite disgusting things that have happened in history but set it in a world that has like dragons and wizards or whatever yeah. um <laughs> or dragons and fairies but like a, like there'll be mentions of a genocide Mm-hmm. And and that is obviously happened repeatedly throughout history. History, mm-hmm. there's lots of times when it's done. Like, I don't know, different fey races in these books have different rights. Yeah, and that is very much like, just a like pseudonym for. And... Yeah, that is that is just a pseudonym for um, the racial differences and racial equality differences. So. I mean, surely these things do still need to be discussed. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's literally like this is not gone. No. Even in our country, where we supposedly are forward thinking, we have people being happy that human beings are drowning on the way over here and referring to them as rats. They're yeah. human beings that are looking for a better home. So these things do need to be mentioned more. And I think. I, I think you could someone who might hold prejudice opinions will pick up a silly fantasy book where it's examining this particular aspect of society but in the context of fairies and wizards yeah yeah, yeah. and make them think and then if they're angry like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong how dare they I think it could help re- I, that person. If you were to sit them down and argue with them about these are human beings that have rights, they're going to be like, "Well, no, I believe what I believe." Yeah, they're not going to listen to you, but 
But if they're reading a fantasy narrative from the point of view of the oppressed person and they are mad and it sparks an emotion, I think that is more likely to change someone's opinion. I genuinely believe that that is more likely to change someone's opinion than if you sit them down and present them with an argument, a reasoned argument with all the facts yeah. in a very cold, clinical... I... I don't know. I can. I think you can, you can kind of hear which side of there. If you're doing it respectfully, you know, within reason, I don't think I could ever confidently write one of these narratives trying to get inside the head of being an oppressed per oppressed person mm. in terms of like racially or anything like that. Because I don't. I would never feel comfortable to write that myself. But yeah. Speaking of which, next on my list. <laughs> so can. A white author write other pe- other people of colour, other write characters that are of colour, different, different diverse characters. I, th- I <laughs> it's think it's just silent because <laughs> I think it can be done well. I don't think that as a result, white authors should be put off of not including diverse characters in their books because they're afraid of writing them wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you're saying oh white character you can't white people can't write characters of a different diversity, it might then mean white authors don't have diversity in their books. Yeah. And traditionally white authors are more likely to be published and that is where we've had thousands of years of issues with well not thousands. With books that are traditionally published being very white focused. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on how you come at it. Mm-hmm. If you are not using um, a person of colour as a stereotype, as a scapegoat, as like the, the bad person or whatever, yeah. I think you do it personally. But one of, I'm not I'm not of a one of the most beautiful <laughs> books I've ever read was Tiny Sunbirds Far Away. That is set in. I believe in Nigeria village, but don't quote me on it because I read it eight years ago. Uh, <laughs> for a quick anecdote, we weren't gonna, we're not gonna research. And it's a girl who moves into a rural Nigerian village where her mother, her grandmother, is a midwife who performs FGM. But she and her grandmother argues that I will do it safely, whereas they'll go to someone else who won't. And the the daughter, yeah. the granddaughter, is horrified by this, and like just she becomes a midwife but decides to approach. So it examines a lot of those cultural aspects, a lot of those feminist aspects, and it's, it is written by a white author, but it's so beautifully well done. It's the intent, yeah, and it's highlighting a very big issue. Yeah. And she was a small, like, she, she's, this woman is someone my mother knows, mother knows, like, friend mother knows, like, whatever. Ah. No, I don't think it's indie published, but, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, that's not really an argument either way, but, like, that's an example I can think of where I thought, but, and again, as a white person who's not Nigerian, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I think, I mean, this might contrast to what you've just mm-hmm. said. Um, I think, like, if you were, if you're not trying to write, from the experience of an oppressed real life minority so like we have own voices for a reason Mm -hmm. they don't get picked up and published very often but they would surely be able to go into the nuances of the story better so i think you shouldn't be put off including 
other diverse characters. But you couldn't write from the experience inside it. Exactly. Authentically. Yeah. 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 Unless you're putting the burden on someone who's from that oppressed group to feed you the feelings. Yeah. Which is a whole different, (laughs) another thing. And this is also why beta readers Mm. and sensitivity readers are very important for authors. Which I think traditionally published authors tend to not do. I, I, I'm always like with that opinion that like the burden of education falls on you, not on the person that, of, that represents that group. Exactly, yeah. Like, I, I, it's not your job to teach me. It's my job to go away and teach myself mm. of what is the right way and wrong way to talk about this. So, yeah. This also extends to, like, disabilities and stuff mm-hmm. as well. Just and, and Oppressed is like a... Yeah, yeah. People who don't, they tend to... Because I phrase it as people of colour, but also... Mm. Anyone, anyone in the diverse scale. There's basically anyone that's not like a white majority. Yeah. Is what I'm saying, an able-bodied white majority. But like, for because I'm thinking, for instance, if I wanted to write a book and I wanted to have a character with OCD in it, I would, I would locate a beta reader with OCD yeah. and pay them for their time to read it and give me feedback. Yeah. That's where I think the baseline should be. Yeah. You should be doing things like that. Yeah. So this one I don't think is so morally grey, but... I think I, I think it has huge potential to be go badly. Yeah. But I... I hesitate for the idea of, like, stories not getting told as a result. Yeah. But then we should be working towards a society where the people those own voices get to tell them get published because they should be and obviously me and tony are well aware that we are coming out we are right middle class white middle class (laughs) point of view (laughs) um and we are both always continually learning and educating ourselves but yeah i don't know and especially like if you're writing a fantasy book if you're writing about dragons or aliens, like a sci-fi book, anything like that, and you don't have diversity, I'm confused. There's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah, in that scenario, there is no excuse. No, I'm so confused. Because you'll have a dialect specific to your fantasy world, mm-hmm. so therefore you don't need to know how to write the dialect for, you know, if you're with that for a specific race, as an example. Yeah. Like, um, not that they're not erasure or anything, you know what I mean? Like, you're putting this in this other world. Or if it's a world where racism doesn't exist, then therefore, if it's canon in your world that everybody is just like, humans are all equal because they're above fairies in some way or below, yeah, yeah. then there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to remember that a lot of the stuff in our society, like racism and stuff like that, is all due to <clears throat> religion. Yes. And perhaps in a better world, there is no religion. Or if you if you have a world that doesn't have a monarchy, mm. you're not going to have the class system that we have. Yeah, and that is going to dictate because obviously class and race are, especially in the UK, are very interlocked. Yeah, um, and the class system, you know, is very structured. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why we like a bit of inbreeding to keep it that way. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that, oh, that was funny, you but it threw, it, it threw the thought. Sorry. But I'm like, yeah. If we, if you have a society without those class structures, because they're not a monarchy, then they might not have 
racial differences. There might be something else, a power structure. Mm-hmm. There'll be different power structures. Yes, exactly. Like um, in when you discussed the gilded ones, that was to do with blood colour, wasn't it? Like yeah. So you had um, some women have golden blood. Yeah. And because they are more powerful and stronger than people who don't have golden blood, they then were made to be demons. Yes. And yes. seen as lesser than and treated like dogs. Yeah. Exactly. So overall, I think it's down to intention. I don't think you should yeah. avoid it. Um, the world, especially like our world and any world you come up with, are diverse. Yeah. And your book should reflect that. Yeah. That's, that's all I've got to say, yeah. really. And you should reach out and pay people for their time mm-hmm. for sensitivity reading things. Yeah. There's another one. There's no clear cut, yes or no. You did good. I was trying. I'm very to. impressed. I you wanted know? us to be able to discuss rather than yeah. just be like, yeah, I think this. Because or... I think there's somewhere you and I would just both be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is actually kind of related. They're all very, I don't know mm. if they're hot takes actually, but they're quite hot button. Topic. Yeah. This one is, okay, you know, like, there's very big problematic author lists now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine, obviously. We should be spreading awareness of this. And with, Book talk in particular, it's made a great platform for people who are in the offended group or whatever to vocalise why mm. and explain and educate those that may not know otherwise. Whereas before, you would probably have to go looking for it yourself. Yeah. You know, look up this author. Is this author controversial? Yeah. Now you can just find it very easily on Book Talk. A lot of people on those lists are on those lists because they don't have diverse ah! characters. So, is lack of diversity in itself? problematic or have we used or have we lost sight of what the term problematic means because i would i think it's foolish (laughs) i would for me problematic would be someone that's perhaps actively causing harm yeah by their representation by just not having that representation it's not great writing but is it by association problematic I don't think it deserves to be lumped with authors who are causing harm. Yeah. I don't think it deserves to be lumped in that category and like boycotted as a result. It might be like as a lumping them together. Yeah, is... I, I think it could be taken as a learning moment if this is an author who's actively publishing. It's a moment of like, hey, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, because <laughs> I think if you if you if you come and this is not an excuse. But if you are writing about, say, a tiny British village, which probably doesn't have a lot of diversity, and you are from that world, who also never... Someone who lives in a tiny British village, I can attest to the lack of diversity. And that, but say if that's the only thing you ever knew. Yes. You grew up in this tiny white village. <laughs> you only know white people. And all that you know like of... Like an episode of Midsummer Murders. Yeah. And the only thing you know of other cultures is what you've seen on TV and if you went into the, into London. Yeah. Like, for a day trip. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then I... <laughs> I know the exact vibe you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> then I, I think it could almost be, like, not excused. I do not think this is an excuse. But you could almost forget <laughs> to add it. If your story is going to be about this white village, you're not going to think how important it is, because it is important to mm. add that diversity in. Yeah. You're not going to think that because you're like, this is my world. This is not, again, I'm not saying this is okay. If you're just like trying to replicate your lived experience of a small village that doesn't have diversity. Yeah. It's not done with malicious intent. But again, in the modern era, you can argue that's not an excuse either. 
I just I come in at it from I try to write a story and I realised I'd only written white characters and I was like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. But you took that time to Yeah, I, I yeah, it, took that time to think you're... about it. Yeah. And we so you're actually one of the authors we are discussing <laughs> in that Unpublished, obviously. <laughs> you are writing diversity into your mm. work. Because yeah, I, I, because you should do. Yeah, a... because that's real life. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, and that, so I had this moment of reflection of like, this is not representing real life. Mm. Yeah, this yeah. is the I don't know tiny microsphere <laughs> that I conjured in my brain. Yeah, but then also reading only reading fantasy books at the time that only included white characters. So my picture of a fantasy book is very narrow, and then since I have read more widely, that picture is not as narrow as it once was also bearing in mind that tony started this when she was like a teenager oh yeah i did start this when i was like 14 yeah so obviously education in terms of like the world well i'm not picturing a fancy vampire book i'm sorry that's like bella twilight yeah ghostly white people (laughs) that sparkle in the sun as i currently do because i'm so pale Oh, that, just that's, little, that's that. I feel like that's one of the clips that'll get used just, against me in like ten years' time. <laughs> just a little side note: the you know that lady on TikTok who does the Twilight stuff, yeah. the, that brilliant lady. She mentions that the fact that because they have lips like marble, it would sound like kids. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, so she was saying, oh, "This is totally derailing this topic." Yeah, Wait, where's well, my cup? Yeah. She was saying, "This is the sound of them doing it in Twilight." <laughs> <laughs> and then she actually had a kick through with that sound. Uh, Sorry, but that's just that, the mental Twilight movie. Totally yeah. derailed a very serious I discussion there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think they deserve authors like that deserve to be chucked in the same class as ones who wrote deliberately harmful materials. We have a princely book, by the way. Oh, I apologise. You know what, guys? It's either you hear her, her talking or crinkling. Crinkling. This is our compromise. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think they deserve to be put on the same lists. They no. do deserve, deserve to be noted and held accountable yeah. for having not thought about that and not making it represent real life. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's init- I wouldn't say it's by default problematic. No. Because they're not doing harm. But perhaps if they are not rectifying it ten Later. books down the line, then we can look at Maybe it is virgin and problematic because whilst you're not doing harm, you're also not representing anything real. Yeah. As I said, I tried to go for things that I don't think I have a yes or a no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Two more, and I think that these are going to be quick ones. I want to acknowledge again that whole discussion was done as again as white middle class women. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so again, this is our views are from our lived experiences. Yeah. But we're always and, trying to learn, and what we like to read <laughs> should more YA books stay as standalones because it feels as though a lot of them were written mm-hmm. as standalones and then extended into usually trilogies what do we think I don't think this is I mean it's not on par with the rest of the discussions I yeah. just thought it was a fun little discussion so. Um. yes I think there are more than a few books where you, especially when the tradition published well, you can tell you're just there like this could have been one book, maybe one big book, mm-hmm. but you have longed this out, had to make some kind of cliffhanger ending, had to in- introduce a third act for no reason at the end of a book, 
most of the second book is rectifying the big climax that they did at the end of the first book and then ratcheting it back up again for a big ending. Mm-hmm. I think you can really, really tell when that's been done. I think sometimes you can really lose the characters as well because mm-hmm. you might have to do like a bit of a 180 on the character or have something come out of the blue that or have them hit them. Have them, yeah, have them do something bad and then they have to go on like a journey and and I just did journey with quote marks there. I think you can really, really tell when they've like deliberately trashed a character's arc just to create a bit of tension or yeah. I think yeah there's there's some things that just, they don't need to be trilogies, they can be geologies, there's geologies that could just be one book. Yeah. There's a lot of discussion because I looked up like what's the ideal length for a fantasy story? There's a lot of opinions about that and I didn't get a clear cut answer. <laughs> Like, um, it's very much like subjective and dependent on a story, I guess. And then one of them was like, "Oh, you can get away with this kind of big book if you're a big author, but don't do it as a newbie author. You'd have to split it." But is then what there's saying. like Samantha Shannon who has a standalone book that's what eight hundred pages. Yeah, that like broke booktop for a while. That's yeah. prior to the Orange Tree. And her new book, that's a prequel, technically is a series now, but they are two standalone yeah. books in the same world. Is also bigger. Yeah. Like, oh, she didn't do TikTok, did she? Where she was like, when you're well known for being the debut author with a really long book. Yeah. And she said she deliberately wanted to just have a standalone and she kept she kept creating a bigger world, but she wasn't going to break mm. it into more books. She wanted a standalone. Like, because I think my one could maybe be two, mm. but I haven't had one now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think, although, like, if you set out at the beginning to be like, right, I want this to be a trilogy, mm. first of all, I'm not quite sure why you would be like, I want to write a trilogy, unless you're thinking of to sell more books or you're trying mm. to hit a contract, um, then you can sort of obviously plan it out yeah. that way. But, yeah, if you've written one book or you've almost finished one book and then your publisher turns around and is like actually we want this to be a trilogy you can really tell yeah like I'm trying to think I'm sure I could have examples I'm trying to I can't really think of them right now I mean, and we're just staring at my bookshelves I'm just going to say Akatar because the first one could have been a standalone mm-hmm. I know there is discussions of her foreshadowing and stuff but yeah. it could have been a standalone or that whole prequel story mm. didn't need to be as long because it, yeah. it is essentially a prequel to Aqua. Yeah. You could also, uh, no, Akamath, the second yeah. book. You could argue that whole book is a prequel. Book. And bearing in mind, in Akatar, the best part is Under the Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have shortened the rest of that. Like, mountain. where they, that is like, what, 40% of the book? Yeah. 60% of it is like, oh, I went to his nice house and he you tried to seduce me. We're trying to justify me falling in love with the man that kidnapped me. It was horrible yeah. to me. Yeah. And then justify then, use that as justification for me going into the mountain and nearly dying for him. Mm, yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cases of it and I think it tends to happen more in YA than in yeah, adult. And I'm wondering if that is also anything to do with the fact that Female authors tend to be lumped into YA as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some sort of element there, but because you know, like Sarah J. Mass, her books are not YA. No. Well, at least Akatar isn't. I haven't read Throne of Glass. Sexy new Akatar. Like the yeah. first book alone. But yeah. yeah, and it gets lumped into what Throne a YA glass because is... it's a female author basically. Throne of Glass halfway through the series, it switches over. So it's yeah. fade to black in the beginning. And then it changes over. Yeah. So, 
I do wonder if perhaps there's an element of that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe um maybe male authors feel more um, confident to be like no <laughs> whereas female authors might be a bit like yeah I guess I could make her some more books they're like oh know. you know you're going to get this type of female audience and they love series and yeah, you know or, you know it'd be hard to market loads of standalone books so make it a series and then mm. yeah I don't know <coughs> that's not really a there's no answer to that really yeah it's a nice one and this is more of a fun one mm-hmm. and this is more along the lines of do Oh yeah, because I did a blog about this, didn't I? It's not. Oh no, yeah, I've done two blogs that end up being like a rant thing. Yeah. yeah. So this is: Can you count as reading if you're skimming something? What if you speed read? I guess because obviously a lot of um, a lot of reviewers, not a lot, but some reviewers, I think, skim through books to be able to read as many as they do to be able to review them so when you say skim what do you mean like um literally like pick out a few bits okay through a few pages like not speed okay. reading because speed reading you train yourself to kind of take it all in don't you yeah but this is like literally like read that first bit read the bottom bit oh okay yeah so you know what's happened okay but you haven't Read Absorbed all the words. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like one step up from just reading the Wikipedia article about. It. Yeah, I don't know. So that. that no. So what do you think about skimming? It's not reading. How? Because like you can't you you can discuss the plot. I guess yeah. the main plot points. You wouldn't be able to do like all the nuances. Um, but you, could you really discuss like how it's written or the prose or the world building or the character arc really yeah because there will be some like you know monologuing thought process maybe at some point which leads you from point A to point B yeah and you may not have read it because you, mm. it wasn't deemed as important when you were like skipping through it I mean uh, let's take Akamath as an example <laughs> there are loads of points where like the big plot point is like Pharaoh does a thing but there is between that is a thought process where she's thinking to herself, you know, like, you know that quote of like, um, yes, Tamlin had fought for me, but I fought harder and I nearly died. And he, you know, the only time he tried to, you know, the one time he could have got me away, he tried to fuck me. Like that, that thought process leads. I'm so angry about that even now. <laughs> we want to make sure we do an Akatar mm-hmm. spoiler in the description. Yeah. You know, and that is what leads her to the next big plot point. Yeah. The next big decision she makes. Or, like, realisation or whatever. But yeah. if, I think if you just started at point A and moved straight to point B, you're going to miss the nuance of how she got there and the character development that led her there. Yeah. And the actions that Reese took that caused her to reflect that, which caused Reese from going from the baddie to the goodie. Yeah. In Feyre's eyes. <laughs> Skimming books reminds me of, like, when I was at school and I had to read something in the Oh, God, yeah, spark notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, like, that's basically... Spark notes, look for the important chapters, yeah. go read them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially what I mean by like skimming. So, yeah. There's so many times at uni, <laughs> I'm like a full-on degree, where they're like, oh my god, you really, you really absorbed the book. And I'm like, mm. Literally with like four chapters. Mm, I, went on, I went on Spark Notes, went on a couple of the sites. <laughs> Got the gist of it. Yeah, like someone in... Memorise one quote for you. <laughs> someone in our Discord was asking, like, she was part of a book group and she just didn't want to finish the book. So she was asking, has anyone read it? And I was like, yeah, 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 because I thought it was, I thought she said 
she said something library, unwritten library, and I mm. thought midnight library. So I was like, yeah, I read that. So then I was messaging her privately, and I was like, oh no, wait, I oh, know I'm thinking of the wrong book. I was like, oh, hang on. And I went on Goodreads, looked up the one one star reviews, grabbed a screenshot, and I was like, this tells you everything that happened. She's like, great idea. <laughs> yeah. But, like yeah. sometimes I'm like I keep going through the book because I want to know the ending, but I'm like I could just Google the ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or just skip a few pages. <laughs> or, yeah, just because I need to know how it ends. Because I'm this is the way I am. I mean, there has been times when I'm listening to audiobooks and I'm like, oh, I've skipped a free three times for a bit. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how you listen at two speed and three speed. I tried it and I was like, nah. And the fastest I can go to is one point three. Oh, really? I. It sounds like it sounds like. Chipmunks. <laughs> Plus two, 1.3. Two is like my normal now. No. My go-to. Plus 1.3, it sounds like chipmunks are talking and I can't stand it and I can't take it in. I basically start everything at 1.5 now and then I listen to like one chapter till I've got to grips with the way the person talks. Yeah. So I go to two. Oh my God, I don't know how you do it. I, because I actually struggle with audiobooks with like, I, I don't picture it as well as I do with book books. Yeah. So I actually struggle. Because you're probably doing other things. Yeah, I am always multitasking because I'm just going to sit still. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I'm washing up or hoping away. Yeah, but I, so I really struggled to like, there's a few, especially when I was Red Rising, which was a bit, Meteor. There was a couple of times where I was like, oh, I need to skip back. Yeah, I need to. Go well, back I kind of tu- I tuned back in, and he's like, and then the thing exploded, and I'm like, excuse Wait. me, what? <laughs> but you were like having breakfast a minute. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do it. Just getting up to one point three is taking me. Up. Maybe, maybe more. I listen to audio because I really only started in the last three, four months. Started listening to books audiobooks for something other than sleeping yeah because they used to be they just used to be able to talk they to like sleep. your primary yeah yeah whereas now i've started listening to them like commuting working like all sorts of times so yeah i think we're both agreed on that one yeah that, for sure uh, would you but if you skim read a book would you put it on your story no. graph no i think i would no. <laughs> I just wouldn't write a big because review on it. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, because I read Fort in Our Stars in three hours, which is, it's like, it's not a big book, but that's a lot in three hours. And sometimes I'm like, can I really, like, how much did I actually digest? But I think that you're a lot stricter on what you count as, like, I mean, we've yeah. just had a discussion last episode about your bedtime audio books. Yeah, and so thinking they don't count. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, I think that's university leaving that insecurity in me. I think what we'll do is, if I remember, I'm going to put in the in our story yeah. and a little poll, and you need to tell us what you think. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, should we do a couple that I did on my blog? <coughs> She's happy now, but she might just be chatting during this, but it's not cries. So. We are trying to pause for her. Yeah. But, but she's very talkative at the moment. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So uh, I did one about people saying that audiobooks don't count or graphic novels don't count as reading. Obviously, complete twaddle. Which is, I mean, it's the... <laughs> I'm like, this isn't a great one. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the one, this is the foundation of the podcast, because yeah. all reading is reading. Yeah, exactly. Like, to us, all reading is reading. No matter how you consume literature, you are still consuming it. It's still not, like, a bloody TV screen in your face. No. Um, you know what I mean? So there's the graphic novel mouse i can't remember who wrote it and there's that graphic novel persepolis i can never remember how to pronounce it and they're both like they're both about history they're both they're both about like horrible situations that happened irl 
they're still reading. They're just like with illustrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that was one I did a I did a little rant about because I seen a, a TikTok that made me angry. I saw your. I did one. She's telling us a story, yeah. so she's like, oh, yeah. The one you commented on that I did recently, that because there was a whole discussion on BookTok of like, oh, if you say you're a reader but you've never read the classics, you don't oh, count. Shit. Oh, and like I, I, classic skill. Yeah, oh, and yeah. well, that's her. And I like at the time, I didn't, I didn't make a TikTok about it because I didn't want to pile on because yeah. people really went for this girl unnecessarily. Then she's clearly just a uh, pick me, and she'll grow out of that. You know, I mean, I think there would have been a time at uni where I would have been quite smug about how much classics I read. But that was pressure at uni. Your trash. Yeah, unapologetically enjoying my trash. Yeah. Yeah. But I did do a whole blog that was a big old rant about that one because I was like, I I hate this notion. There was there was a time, you know, like when I'm telling people that I read nearly fifty books this year, but they were all like, it was all fantasy stuff. And they were like, oh, someone was like, do you not really read a classic book? And I was like, maybe I just want to enjoy life, like. And and I get more respect for having read all the Jane Austen books than I do for reading 50 books. Yeah, and as we've been discussing a lot during this episode, diversity matters. And when you look at classics, there's not much diversity. A lot of classic authors were considered trash when they were producing mm-hmm. those stories. Like. But it's, yeah, it's the argument I had with the particular professor who called mm. Terry Pratchett's fantasy stuff as uh, literature for the masses. I said to him, by your own logic, you would not have read Dickens because yeah. he was publishing penny magazines. He wrote for the masses about issues the masses experienced, yeah. like things in Oliver Twist, the workhouses. All of that was the common working man's experience. So by your own logic, you would not have read those books. Yeah. And, and then Arthur he had Conan, no answer for that. Arthur Conan Doyle, <laughs> like Sherlock, wouldn't have been considered... Like, that was a weekly thing that was mm-hmm. like in the... Yeah. Newspaper or whatever. Anything like. that was posted serially would be considered trash. Ah. Oh. And I, I sort of put the argument in that blog about like, um, I was like, there are certain classic literatures that explore certain aspects of the human experience in quite a beautiful way, and that's why I'm like, that's the only way way I can see it being worth arguing yeah. that this is a classic to read. But in terms of like to educate you probably not that helpful unless it's certain other classics like The Colour Purple is considered a classic mm-hmm. and books like that you could argue educationally are very helpful for you to read yeah but I just think it's, if you don't want to read Jane Austen and it's fluffy romance books set in you know the aristocratic English society of the 1800s I'm sorry you're not missing anything by not reading those some of them have very beautiful love stories in them but there are love stories that are retold over and over and over and over so there is no argument to be made that you are more or less for not having read them. Like, yeah, I, I just think there's there's very those kind of books great if you read read them, but I don't think you're missing anything, and you're not a a more worthwhile reader for reading them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're interested in because there's you know there's common themes that Charlotte Bronte used that gets repeated in literature that you'll read to this day that you don't know where it came from. If you're interested in that kind of nerdy shit, read them. Yeah, if you're not, you to. then don't. Yeah, and the main <laughs> thing to remember, the main takeaway of all this is that in 50 years' time, Twilight is going to be considered a classic. Yeah. So make of that what you will. <laughs> it's true. It already is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of like... The they fan- will be studying that in school. They already are. It was in the curric- um, curriculum when I was leaving uni. <laughs> there you go. Um... <laughs> 
yeah, there are fantasy books that I read as a teenager in the 2010s that are now considered like classic fantasy, mm. classic era fantasy, golden era fantasy, and I'm like, why my wise part of my childhood now golden era? Yeah, like, exactly. Fuck off. <laughs> Fast fashion. <laughs> yeah. I think those those are the two that I've I did a bit of an unhinged rant about on my blog. Yeah, we um, will uh, link them. If, yeah, I'll make sure to put them in the link on. Oh, you can card. just. I mean, it's always on the card link to my yeah. blog. Uh, I talk a lot about a lot of shit there, actually. <laughs> check it out. So the uh, yeah, the summing up of today's episode is check out Tony's blog. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our card, which is available on everywhere. Mm-hmm. So please. Follow, like, and subscribe. We're available on Instagram, TikTok, um, and you can... F- oh, we actually have a Facebook. I always forget about that. We do have a Facebook. We even, I even made us a Facebook group. And we've got LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh. Um, you can follow us anywhere. <laughs> we also have our website where you can send us suggestions. We um, have, if you have indie authors that you would like to submit, so we mention them in our indie author feature po- podcast episode. <coughs> so please do that. And... You can listen to our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Please leave us a rating and share mm-hmm. with your friends. And also, if you don't have any of the apps to listen to podcasts on, I will say that on our website is the RSS player. So you can actually just log into our website and play the podcast from our website. You don't have to download an app. Or I mean, from you, our YouTube. You might be on one. This is how you found us. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you don't want to do an app, there is also our website as an option. Mm-hmm. I made that on purpose and then told no one. (laughs) So thank you for joining us this week and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Love you.